We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google play tune in stitcher or spotify and of course you can check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Maggie Loney and Andrew Mertig. Guys, it's Friday. We're super excited to be back together for another show. How are you guys doing? Yeah, it's great to be back. This this could be the boring part of the offseason, but I, I love what we're doing and going over the Packers' opponents, and uh, I, I, think, I think it'll be fun uh, to help us get through the uh, OTA portion of the off season and then into training camp. So, uh, how's it going, Maggie? Yeah, it's always fun to be here with you guys on the Friday show. I know Andrew literally never has to worry about nice weather ever again now that he lives <laughs> in California. Um, but in Wisconsin, we're finally going to get some uh, nice weather this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, same is for you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> same is true. Michigan is starting to get a little bit better as well, enjoying some good weather here surrounding Lake Michigan. We'll claim that as our middle middle ground there. <laughs> uh, but for today's show, we're back for the second show in a new series where we're focusing on not what the Packers did this offseason, but what their rivals did. The Packers play six games, of course, against divisional rivals every single year. And so we thought it would be worth our time to put these three NFC North teams under the microscope a little bit and talk about their free agent additions and subtractions, their draft picks, and then discuss whether or not these rivals of the pack got better or worse during the offseason. We started this process last week with an in-depth look at the Vikings offseason. So if you missed that one, go back and get caught up. Uh, it's a good show, I think, right? It was a pretty good show, you guys, right? Uh, I, but I concur. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> it was okay. Um, but we're back for um, round two this week and a deep dive into the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I really like this series, as I mentioned in the intro, just because we get the opportunity to go through and sort of aggregate all of the moves that other teams make. It's really easy to keep track of all of the additions and subtractions from the Packers. But you tend to miss things that happen with the Bears, the Vikings, the Lions, and then, of course, all of these other teams, right? Like, who knows what's going on in the AFC East? 
by memory, um, there's all these different Twitter uh, updates on free agencies day day one through five, and this helps to sort of take a look at at what the Packers' opponents are going to look like. And as Kyle mentioned, we start with the division. So week two, dedicated to the Chicago Bears. The they are coming off of a six and eleven season. They certainly had to expect a little bit of regression committing to a rookie quarterback, but the performance of their defense, I, I would say, was pretty disappointing last year. So they cleaned house this offseason and fired head coach Matt Nagy and GM Ryan Pace. And they replaced them with Matt Eberflus, who led a really fantastic Indianapolis Colts defense the last several years. And then they hired Ryan Poles as their new GM. By the way, is it like a prerequisite for Bears general managers to be Ryan Pease? Ryan Pace, Ryan Poles. All right, cool. Hey. Uh, great reaction, Cole. <laughs> probably. So Pol- probably is Andrew. <laughs> so Poles comes <laughs> over from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, then with the coordinators, they pick off Luke Getze from the Packers, uh, who is, of course, their quarterback coach. And he's going to be the offensive coordinator in Chicago. Alan Williams is the new defensive coordinator. I had to look up who Alan Williams was. Uh, he was the Colts safeties coach for the last four years, but has wow. something like 20 plus years of, of NFL coaching experience. So um, that'll be an interesting one as well. Yeah, so Andrew mentioned that the Bears began this offseason by cleaning house with the front office and the coaching staff, but they also seem to have hit the reset button on the roster. They have uh, seen lots of turnover in free agency in that process. So I want to start with the departures and the players who will no longer be in Chicago for 2022. So starting on the offensive side of the Ball. The Bears lost offensive lineman James Daniels to the Steelers. Daniels was a top 20 graded guard for PFF in 2021 and played over 1,000 snaps, which seems crazy. That's a big loss for them and this team. They also lost backup quarterback, uh, the loved Andy Dalton, to the New Orleans Saints and wide receiver Allen Robinson to the Rams. On defense, they said goodbye to defensive lineman Bluff. Nichols, as well as corner Artie Burns. And then just a couple days ago, defensive lineman Akeem Hicks agreed to a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So those are some big names, and those are just the losses in free agency. The Bears also traded Khalil Mack to the Chargers, and they released both defensive lineman Eddie Goldman and linebacker Danny Trevathan. And then, of course, this keeps going, right? Their biggest loss of all was probably punter Pat O'Donnell. I think we can all agree that was probably the most devastating loss here. He is, yeah, huge. He's your new punter (laughs) in Green Bay. Be excited about that. Uh, There's also quite a long list of players who have expiring contracts uh, that at least to this point the Bears have not chosen to bring back. That list includes tight end Jimmy Graham, former Packer, uh, safety to Sean Gibson, Marquise Goodwin, Cassius Marsh, uh, Bruce Irvin, Jesse James, the tight end, Alec Ogletree, and offensive lineman Jason Peters, who is a young age of 40. Uh, so that one, that one's, you know, looking still to play in the league. So we'll see what happens with Jason Peters. Uh, so this is a roster that has absolutely just been blown up, honestly. They're going in a totally different direction. And for me, the impact is going to be felt most dramatically in the trenches 
losing James Daniels on the offensive line is it's really unfortunate for Chicago, right? Fields and Monty could have really used that help up front and then losing Hicks and Goldman on the defensive line is a lot to handle um, in snaps, really, and, and the presence there that they brought on the defensive line in one offseason. Goldman's only 28 and uh, played about a third of the snaps last season. Um, and Hicks is 32. So you kind of get where their head's at with letting those guys go. They're getting older and those kinds of things. But, man, you got to think that they're going to be feeling all these losses when you add them up. Yeah, this offseason certainly had the feel of just pushing the reset button for a new regime. They, they're they not responsible for drafting any of the players uh, previously, and, and they're certainly not responsible for any of the trades and or free agent signings. So, you know, even though they kind of lost big by trading away Khalil Mack after giving up two first-round picks for him um, and a whole heck of a lot of money, this regime can say, okay, well, we need to get resources and we need to get younger. And and they certainly did that. And so the pillars of their dominant defense are gone. You talk about Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Danny Trevathan, et cetera, all of them heading out the door. So, um, Maggie, who, who did the Bears pick up in free agency? <laughs> Definitely a shorter list. You look at all the departures, and I don't think it's comparable as far as who was brought back into the building. Um, starting with the offensive line, uh, you know, they did bring in Lucas Patrick, obviously, uh, took him from the Packers. He is, you know, pegged as their starting center. Uh, Julian Davenport, most recently with the Colts, and then Dakota Dozer from the Vikings as two additional offensive linemen. Two inside linebackers, and Nick Moreau from the Raiders, and Matt Adams. From the Colts, uh, three wide receivers and Byron Pringle with the Chiefs, Equinemia St. Brown, of course, with the Packers, and wide receiver David Moore, who is also with the Packers, but also had a stint with the Seahawks. He's been kind of around the league. Um, defensive tackle Justin Jones, who had a really nice year with the Chargers. Um, defensive end Al Quadine Muhammad, who was with the Colts. Um, fullback Kyrie Blazingame from the Titans. Uh, defensive backs, uh, Dan Crookshank with the Titans, Greg Stroman with the Rams, uh, Tavon Young with the Ravens, tight ends Ryan Griffin with the Jets, James O'Shaughnessy from the Jaguars, and then backup quarterback Trevor Simeon. So Kyle kind of touched on some of the big losses already along the offensive line being significant, and the Bears did what they could, I think, in free agency. You know, the assumption, the assumption of course, is that Lucas Patrick will be the starting center despite having the versatility to play elsewhere along the offensive line. And I think Davenport and Dozer will also be options, you know, for some of those interior spots. Uh, Matt Adams and then Muhammad both have experience in the Eberflus defense. So I think that that's a nice fit for them to come to Chicago. Um, like Andrew said, since he was Indy's defensive coordinator for a while, I think of course, you know, the biggest loss for them was Allen Robinson heading to the Rams or one of the biggest losses. And I know, Twitter got heated this week discussing the receiving cores um, when it comes to both Green Bay and Chicago. But if you look at Chicago's loss of Allen Robinson, the additions of Pringle, St. Brown, and more don't really do much, at least right now, to make up for that. Robinson had that down year statistically due to an injury, but someone is going to need to replace all of his snaps opposite Darnell Mooney. Secondary is probably Chicago's question mark, you know, in addition to, like Kyle said, finding space in the trenches. Um, but the Bears do kind of address some of that in the draft, which I know we'll talk about. And Justin Jones, of course, is coming off his best season with the Chargers. So the D-line took some significant hits, losing Mack, losing Goldman, losing Hicks. And I'm not really sure Jones and Muhammad are going to be enough you know, to, to make up for those significant losses. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, so it's not all bad news for the Bears. Okay, they I just got done talking about all the players who've left. You've added in some that have come to join them. But there were a few that they were able to retain and keep in the building, some of their own. Uh, they did re-sign several of these guys that were with them last year. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you've ever heard of them before. Okay, so we've got tight end Jesper Horstead, defensive back Andre Houston Carson, offensive lineman Sam Mustafer, offensive lineman Lashavius Simmons, and long snapper appearance here, Patrick Scales. So nobody here that really moves the needle per se, really, I would say. Uh, hey, um, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Nobody that tips the scales, right? Patrick Scales. Uh, that, was, that was right there for you. It was right, right there. there for me. Missed opportunity. Uh, and that's what we're here for on the Pack a Day podcast. Is <laughs> making the most of those missed those opportunities. Yeah. You mean like the Packers playoff performance? Yeah, Andrew. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, this some people just probably turned off this episode. They just had a uh, PTSD a little <laughs> bit right skip there. through Friday shows. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. No, but uh, for real, I mean these are 
basically I read that list mostly just because I wanted to be able to say Mustafer and Lashafius because those are incredible names. I, if you know those players, congrats to you. Uh, more power to you. At some point, we're just going to start mentioning names uh, that are fake just to see if anybody catches it. But those are some real names that the Bears have brought back and retained for this coming season. And they're going to be a part of the rebuild. Yeah, I mean, I think rebuild is probably the best way to say it. This team has committed to a rebuild around Justin Fields. They lost Mack, they lost Hicks, they lost Robinson. And those were big recognizable names for the franchise that had been around a while. Or, you know, in the case of Khalil Mack, it was a a franchise-altering decision at the time to trade for him. So there are, of course, some young names in Chicago to be excited about. You know, Justin Fields had a promising rookie year. You've got Cole Kmet, Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery, and then you've got Roquan Smith and Eddie Jackson on the defense. Um, But I think, you know, looking at the depth chart, this roster is largely unrecognizable as far as depth is concerned. And lots of new faces in Navy and Orange going into 22, including the draft class that Andrew's going to touch on right now. Yeah, so the Bears did not have a first-round pick, of course, from the Charleston Fields trade, but they did have two second-rounders, one of those coming back in the Khalil Mack deal. Um, And so uh, round two, pick 39, they take cornerback Kyler Gordon out of Washington at pick 48. They take Jaquan Brisker, the safety from Penn State. In the third round, they got wide receiver Velas Jones Jr. from Tennessee. In the fifth round, they had two picks, Braxton Jones, the tackle from Southern Utah, and Dominique Robinson, the edge from Miami of Ohio. In the sixth round, they had three, Zach Thomas, a guard from San Diego State, Treston Ebner, running back from Baylor, and Doug Kramer, a center from Illinois. Doug Kramer sounds like the most Illinois center I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, and then they had three picks in the seventh round, Jatire Carter, the guard from Southern. Um, I thought I made a mistake there, but it is just Southern University. Um, Elijah Hicks, the safety from Cal, and Trenton Gill, kicker from North Carolina State. Yeah, I mean, I am absolutely horrified that Jaquan Brisker ended up in Chicago, but I think the rest of the draft class honestly leaves much to be desired, and I just don't feel like this group of players moves the needle, tips the scales, (laughs) however you want to say it, um, for Chicago. And I mean, maybe long-term we'll see a handful of these players making impacts. Obviously, you think that could be the case with guys like Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker as second-round picks, but outside of those two... I think you're just looking at a draft class full of question marks and what their longevity could be with Chicago and their long-term impact. Yeah, you could say that the the Bears thought their defense was a little too slow, and so they wanted to get brisker. Anyways, uh, so the the Bears didn't have a first-round pick. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> the Bears didn't have a first-round pick because of that trade-up for Justin Fields. So just like teams that traded for a veteran, I think you give them a little bit of a pass on that part of the draft, right? If Fields hit, he, if Fields hits, he's certainly worth not having that first-round pick this year. Even though you look back on it, they would have been able to get the top-notch tackle that they needed, right? Because Evan Neal, who the Giants got with Chicago's pick, would have been there for him. So I I like what they did in the second round with Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker. That will help the secondary for years to come. However, it it seems like an absolute crime that they did so little to help out Justin Fields, right? They go out, they get Vilas Jones in the third round, but he doesn't seem like much more than a deep threat. And at that, he's like the oldest rookie since Chris Wenke. So I kind of hated the rest of their draft. I there just wasn't anyone there from like the third round on that I was like, oh yeah, that a player that could help year one especially on the offensive side of the ball so 
not sure I'm in love with the Bears draft. Yeah, I'm, I think we're all on the same page. I completely agree the investments on the defensive side of the ball are they're solid additions, right? But then that secondary is going to be under a lot of stress without a lot of help up front, right? They lost a bunch on the defensive line. We talked about that, including someone like Mac. Uh, asking rookies to come in and secure the deep portions of the field without a lot of help from a pass rush is going to be a tough assignment for those young players. And then, as Andrew said, Maggie mentioned it, I just don't understand the aversion to helping Justin Fields. It almost feels like they knew that they needed to place an emphasis on improving the offensive line and the pass catchers. And then they lost James Daniels, like in addition to that reality. And then they made no significant investment in the draft. And I'm not someone who thinks that you should reach for your needs, right? You just, you shouldn't do it. It's not a good practice, but taking a relatively ancient Velas Jones when you're purging all of your old players from your roster, it, it just doesn't make sense to me to do it that way. I just feel like there had to be a better way to support fields with some of these picks because yes, absolutely. You improved your defense, but did you really improve your defense to the point where the offense isn't going to be coming from behind a lot? Because I don't really think that that's the case. And if you're going to be consistently trailing and trying to score points, why not at least support the quarterback and help him have success? I just don't get that part of this process. Um, so we'll see if it plays out, but it is certainly a head scratcher at this point. You guys, we kind of made it through. We talked our way through this Bears offseason. I guess the question we have to answer here is, did they actually get better or worse? Yeah, D despite what a few delusional Bears fans think, this is going to be a really bad team from a talent perspective. That that does not mean that they're going to be worse from like what the record was last year because even the bad teams in the NFL are good enough to win games. But I don't know how you look at this team and think it got better. That that being said, I do think this is the right way to go. Be bad, rebuild, hit the draft next year and don't aim to be mediocre because that's what has gotten this franchise in trouble for years and years and years. I think the caveat here is that, in my opinion, the best rebuilds typically focus on getting better on one side of the ball at a time. And you invested so many resources into Justin Fields, and now you're going to put him behind a questionable offensive line with little to no help at the wide receiver position. And that, to me, just doesn't seem like a recipe for short or, what's more important, long-term success. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bears still suck. <laughs> I think they easily finish fourth in the NFC North, and I don't think that would really surprise anyone. I mean, we'll talk about the Lions next week. Spoiler alert, I think the Lions got better. The Vikings we brought up last week, we said they largely kind of stayed the same. Maybe they improved slightly. We feel good about the Packers, of course, still being able to win the North. We like the draft the Packers had. So it leaves a decimated Bears squad that has a lot of question marks, you know, when it comes to even some starting spots on the roster. So it's a new GM. If Ryan can pulls his own weight, then <laughs> I think they'll be okay in a couple of years. But there will be some growing pains in Chicago. People are going to either love this episode or hate this <laughs> it's, episode. It's going to be really hard for polls to outpace the previous GM. <laughs> but will he do it with a good brisker? All right. So, <laughs> I wish, I wish people could have seen Kyle doing a robot dance uh, for no reason while uh, he was in. <laughs> I think it was jogging. I think it was. It was. It was, oh, it was, yeah. okay. it was a brisk walk, actually. <laughs> okay, so um, the Bears, 
absolutely did get worse this offseason, in my opinion. I thought this was the case before doing this exercise. It was really fun to work through this. I just didn't realize how much the roster got purged this offseason in these last couple months. And obviously, that means they lost talent, but it also means that they lost that continuity, right, that's important on your football team. And it's going to take a while for all these new pieces to gel and work together. So, yeah, I think they're worse. I think the Bears are fine with being worse, honestly, as an organization. I think that's part of the plan. Uh, But I I guess my biggest concern is that they may ruin Justin Fields or get him hurt in the process uh, before they really arrive at where they want to be as an organization. I just don't know that they have a great plan to support Fields. And we know how important these first few years are for quarterback development. Yeah, so uh, the Packers and the Bears, of course, play twice, as they do every season. Uh, and they their first matchup of the year is in Week 2. Chicago comes to Green Bay in a game that the Packers should be pretty heavily favored in, given the, the youth in the Chicago Bears roster. Um, that's going to be on Sunday, September 18th, and that is a Sunday night game, 7-20 kickoff. Uh, and then Week 13, the Packers play at the Bears Sunday, December 4th. That's a noon kickoff, so... Uh, again, quite a bit of distance, just like we talked about with the Vikings last week between the first matchup and the second matchup should be two uh, different looking teams uh, between week two and week 13. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. And you can find me at Andrew Murdig. Remember to also follow at Packer Day Podcast. Please consider giving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every single Friday. Next week, we'll be back breaking down more of the Packers 2022 opponents, this time with the Detroit Lions. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.